Welcome to the Grace Cafe with Dwayne Lynch. Real talk in real times. Real situations with real people. Keeping the perspective on God's grace. Change the world. What it 
Perspective. is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine 
which way your life shall go. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Secondly, in your life's blueprint, you must have as a basic principle the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. Once you discover what it will be, set out to do it and to do it well. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. Finally, in your life's blueprint, must be a commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. Well, life for none of us has been a crystal star, but we must keep moving. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl, but by all means, keep moving. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Grace Cafe, where we talk about real stuff in real times, real situations with real people, but from the perspective of God's grace. You know, it's great to be back doing what I believe God wants me to do. And uh, this is our first podcast for the new year. And it just happens to fall in between the MLK holiday and Black History Month. And in light of the holiday and Black History Month, I decided to focus the episode on politics and racism in America well the past few you know the past a few weeks ago a few weeks ago the president of these United States referred to places like Haiti and El Salvador and Africa and uh, excuse my language but he 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 referred to these places as shithole countries. And um, when he made these comments, you know, Democrats and Republicans and people everywhere were pretty much outraged at his comments. But from my perspective, I was thinking like, you know, what did anyone expect of him? You know, this guy's mindset, his character, his views, you know, and everything like that have been known They've been splashed across the media. They have been topic of dis- topics of discussion for decades. And my question right now is, you know, did the people that voted for him, you know, did they think it would change who he is or who he was? And basically the answer to that question would be no. Most didn't even care. You know, so racism from, let's say, the king era 
versus racism in the Trump era is dramatically different. For the past few months, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing some research on certain things. And so for the past few months, I've been studying things like slavery and Jim Crow and mass incarceration and, you know, discrimination and racism. And it's, it's dating back so far is dated back to like the 14th century but you know in it being dated back that far one thing that is clearly evident because of the strides that we've made in society is that it's um it's clearly evident that we are not our ancestors you know we're not our great grandparents we're not our grandparents and we're not even our parents today Racism has to get in where it fits in, which is, you know, which is behind closed doors. It's in hush-hush conversations. It's in supremacy group meetings and things of that nature. You know, it's a thought that can't be spoken out loud in this day and time or comment that is said under breath. Um, the days of trick, capture, and enslave are like long gone. Dr. King fought marched, preached, and died so we could have a better life in this country or be in a better place in this country. And in contrast, you know, I guess we are, but there's an underlying current here and it's a pretty much like a, a virus, so to speak, that has been festering in this country for centuries. And that virus is racism. You know, there's no there's no blatant disrespect of people of color today you know there's no cross burnings there's no lynchings there's no legal you know police brutality or any, anything like that everything racial in this day and time is hidden and it slides in wherever you know um people that hold this mindset it slides in where they think it it can slide in you know, it's slid in, it's hidden behind laws of discrimination, it's hidden behind uh, mass incarceration, it's hidden behind travel bans and things of that nature. It's comments, thoughts, and views being voiced only in certain circles. It's not an outward, you know, it's not an outward expression of racism, you know. It's things that would otherwise, in this day and time, get you hurt or cause a, a total uproar you know dr king he marched he protested in the midst of all of this and more and at the end of the day they killed him for wanting a better life for people of color but dr king's you know his fight wasn't only about people of color he wanted civil and equal rights for all people he wanted us to live in a world where there is opportunity for everyone. Not if you have money, not if you live in a certain area, not if you're this color or that color, but for everyone. And so, um, you know, in that mindset, we have to think about, you know, what can we do in this day and time to, you know, like help this out or or further this cause because we think because we're able to get jobs and go to school or, and you know that 
we're in a better position. And in contrast, we are. But the thing is, is that the Bible tells us, you know, what to do when something like when these things are going on. You know, it's first Timothy, the second chapter in the first and the second verse says this. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2 says, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The fact of the matter is, is that this country has managed to put a known racist, a known bigot in charge of this country. His campaign trail has been laced with lies. It's been laced with scandal. It's been laced with hidden agendas. You know, everyone knows that he has no business in office, including his cabinet. But a blind eye has been turned to the issues, his issues, in order to further certain agendas. You know, some wanted him in office hoping that their racial views and agendas could be openly expressed. Now, good luck with that because, again, we are not our ancestors. You know, others needed him in office to get things done that could not, you know, otherwise get done. You know, the president is not, you know, our president today is no more than a puppet or a pawn in a chess game. And in retrospect, his views, his character, his demeanor, and, you know, they're, they're merely a Trojan horse to cover up the real agendas of our government. You know, racism has always, always, and in studying this this thing, racism has always been covered up by politics. You know, they've used politics to turn a blind eye to what has really gone on in this country with people of color. You have people who will say that racism has faded away in America, when in fact, racism is stronger than ever in this country because it's hidden. You know, fighting an enemy that you can't see is hard. It's a hard task for anyone. Take, for instance, the 13th Amendment, which was racially instituted. You know, it was cloaked in the freedom of slavery. But, you know, the 13th Amendment had a hitch. You know, Section 1 of the 13th Amendment says that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime, whereof... The party shall be duly convicted, shall exist within the United States. That means no, no slavery, period, unless you have been convicted of a crime. So that's your hitch, except for as punishment for a crime was the hitch in this first section of the 13th Amendment. To look, you know, the lock in the 13th Amendment is this. In section two, it says Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislations. In other words, if you really want to, you know, make it plain, in other words, we don't have to change it if we don't want to. And not only that, they won't change it even though they knew, they know and they knew 
the purpose of this amendment in the first place. African Americans make up 12 to 13 percent of this population, yet they make up 35 percent of the jail population and 37 percent of the over 2 million inmates in prison. This is not a this not an accident, people. This is by design. And the knowledge of this has been swept under and kept under a political rug for decades. You know, the 13th Amendment doesn't didn't and it doesn't offer freedom to anyone. It offers discrimination and it offers racism, not freedom. It restricts employment. It restricts housing. It restricts benefits. It restricts opportunity to those who re-enter this society. You know, I'm using the 13th Amendment as a benchmark, really, to help people really see or understand and pay attention to what's going on in this country. That's why we are instructed to pray for our leaders and those in authority. I mean, you might ask the question, why, you know, why would I pray for someone that I know has no concern for me, don't care about me, you know, in any way whatsoever? And the answer would be out of love. I mean, granted, times have changed, but there are still people who appear to be right, but their motives and their hearts are not right. Trust me, man, it took me a very long time to grasp the concept of praying for someone I didn't like or praying for someone that had did me wrong, you know, but I, I look back and I look back over my life and I look back uh, on everything that has transpired and I had to think that someone, someone prayed for me. They didn't like my, you know, my conduct or the way I was and, you know, and someone prayed for me when I wasn't right. And those prayers worked and those prayers are still working for me today because I am not the this, this same person that I was when I first got saved. I'm not. I mean, there were things that I did when I first got saved and started going to church that I'm not doing today. I'm not doing those things today. And it took time for that stuff to, you know, like, like, like get out of my system. And so the same thing goes for, you know, people that we pray for. When we pray for people, we got to understand that it, you, you know, people are who they are. And when we pray for them, we're praying for something down the line. You know, we're, we're praying for, you know, them to, you know, to see things differently and to change. You know, the gracious element of praying for people, you know, in in um in this phrase, in this whole thing is that you never know who or what circumstance your prayers will change. Yet racism racism exists and we have to be mindful and we have to be truthful about that thing because racism resides and it exists and it resides in the hearts of some of our most prominent figures. You know, for some, it's an open book for all to see. They don't care whether you know or not. 
But then for others, it's a hidden, it's hidden agendas, it's hidden thoughts, you know, and things of that nature that we can't, you know, like, like from bird's eye view, pick up on, you know, I, it really doesn't matter, you know, because God can change any heart, no matter how stony, it doesn't matter how dark it may be. Prayer changes things. It changes people. It changes situations. It changes circumstances. And at the end of the day, guess what? I don't have to pray for anyone. I get to pray for someone else other than myself, other than my family, other than my loved ones. I don't have to pray for them. I get to pray. I get to push myself to the side and pray for someone that is in need. And that's the thing, you know, and, and motives are very important when you're praying. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I can see a person doing this and a person doing that. And as opposed to saying, you know, um, whatever happens to them was meant to happen to them. Or that's what, you know, we say stuff like, God don't like ugly. Nah, he don't like ugly, but he ain't too keen about pretty either. And I'm saying that because we pray bad. We, 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 when we say things like this, we're praying bad or we're praying negative over people, people's lives. You know, but in retrospect, what kind of person does it make you to pray for someone that everything in you says not to or that they don't deserve it. Let me tell you what it makes you. It makes you Christ-like. It makes you God-like. You know, and I have two, you know, it, I, 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 in thinking about this episode, I had to, you know, I had to look for some examples of, you know, praying for people that, you know, a lot of people think don't deserve it. And I have two examples. You know, the first example is Christ on the cross. If you, you know, really think back or think over that thing and say, you know, while, you know, while he was on the cross, this is what he said. He said, I don't, you know, he said, for father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, they didn't know they were killing the king of glory. And for whatever reason, he said, no, for his reasons, because he knew what his death would bring. This is what he said. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't know right now what they're doing. But he, I believe in that prayer, he was praying that down the line. They would get it. They would get and see who, you know, see who he was and what he was actually here to do. Now, if any one of us was in that place after all that Christ had been through. Before ultimately being killed, the last thing we would have thought about was to pray for those people. And that's just being real about the situation. Now, let's look at another person. Let's look at Stephen in the book of Acts. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord, do not hold this against them. 
right before he died. How hard would that have been for you or for me to do that for, you know, for some for someone else that was doing us wrong, that had hurt us? It would have been extremely hard and it wouldn't have just been hard. We wouldn't have done anything like that. And that's just being real. I mean, and, and you know, from from a worldly perspective, that's not what we have what we would have done. You know, for some reason, I just believe that Dr. King prayed for those who oppressed them and opposed and ultimately killed him. Yet we still have, you know, out over out of everything that Dr. King did, we still have a huge amount of racism in this country today. And that's regardless of the strides that we've made through the years. As much as we don't want to think we do, we have to pray for this country. We have to pray for the leaders of this country. And I'm not just talking politics. I'm talking about, you know, our leaders that we look at and listen to every day. We have to pray for them. Because everybody that is in, you know, positions of power, everybody don't have the right things. Some things are right in their minds and then some things may not right, may not be. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me. That means that means everyone. We all fall short. And so based on that, we should pray for these leaders. We should pray for Donald Trump. Not, you know, not not necessarily praying for their souls or that they would do the right thing. But that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ will reach their hearts, that it will penetrate their hearts, that it will, you know, like and 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 change the situation. First Timothy two, three and four tells us why. For this is good. Verse three says, For this is good and acceptable. In the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men, all men, even our crooked politicians, even our terrorists, even, you know, people that, uh, you know, that, that just do, just do terrible things in this world. It says, who will have all men to be saved and to come Unto the knowledge of the truth. That's what we should be praying. For people, you know, in authority. Who, you know, and and the thing is, is that people have a tendency to wish ill on certain peoples just because they don't like them. Or that they, you know, disapprove. Of what they do, which, by the way, is the same as praying negative over people or negative or bad to come upon people. But Luke 6, 
27 and 28 says this. But I say unto you, which here, it says, love your enemies. It says, do good to them which hate you. 28 says, bless them that curse you, curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. So in closing this week's episode, with everything that's going on in this country, with everything that's going on in the world, instead of wishing ill on people, why not do this? Just pray for them. Pray that the gospel of peace would reach these people's hearts. Pray that someone in their path, someone will be in their path that will minister to them and that Christ will reach their hearts. I believe, and not only do I believe, I know for a fact that if we would do this, the world would be a much better place. It would be a much better place to live. And we will be able to do things that would not usually be able to get done. So, based on that, thanks for tuning in. And see you next time on the Grace Cafe. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Grace Cafe. Join us next week for the Grace Cafe. God bless. Beautiful life. All that I've got, all that I need, I've got you. Baby, you got me. What more could I ask for?